McKeithen, and this is my channel, You're Kind of Happy. Uh, today I want to talk about uh, marriage, and you know, marriage is a huge, huge um, area of most people's life when they get married, and we have these skyrocketing divorce rates that are well over 50% now, so at least in the westernized culture, I know it's like different in India and other cultures, but here, you know, in the United States, like, you're more likely to get divorced than you are to stay married. And that's a huge, huge problem. And so we need to figure out how to address this issue so it kind of goes away. And what I've noticed from working with hundreds and hundreds of couples and couples counseling is that like there are these fundamental things that um, if you're not intentionally doing and learning, they don't come naturally. And if you, they're not in place, your marriage is is you know, I could doom forecast it all day. It's not looking good. And so I kind of want to go over those things. Like what are these five keys that would unlock a healthy marriage? And I use key because it means, you know, it takes effort to turn it. You know, you have to actually apply it and turn it. So effort is probably the number one thing that is contributing to couples who actually get better. They're trying to learn things and they adopt that mindset like, hey, this is a daily thing. But at the same time, this marriage is you know, this is my number one support system in life. This is the person that knows me the best, right? So for me, like for my marriage, for example, it's like God is my foundation of my marriage. And my wife are on the same page about that. Like God comes first. But then, you know, with any building or structure, let's say a temple, you know, you put your foundation, but then you have your pillars, right? The pillars are the marriage. That's like the marriage and, and what we do to maintain our marriage and keep it strong. So then it can support the weight of everything else in life, you know, the roof and all that. And that's like your kids, you know, your finances, your responsibilities, all of that. So if your pillars are weak, right, that, that temple's not going to last long. It's going to crumble. And so uh, today I want to talk about the pillars. You know, there's like five keys that I want to go over with you. And the last one is really, really, really important. I believe it's probably the most fundamental uh, or found, sorry, foundational of all of these. So the first thing is is probably just, you know, establishing boundaries, you know, setting up boundaries from the get go. And it's never too late to set boundaries. I love this, um, this pro this Chinese proverb, right? The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, but the second best time is today. So it's never too late to establish boundaries, but we have to communicate, which I'll, I'll get into that in just a second. Um, but the uh, some of the boundaries that you want to establish, right, is like, what kind of marriage do I want? You know, do we want an egalitarian relationship or do we want more of a traditional relationship where there's a matriarch or patriarch, you know, where dad runs the show, mom runs the show. Some cultures want that. Some, some spouses want that and that's okay. But you know, you have to kind of agree on what that looks like for your marriage. And then if it's egalitarian, you have to agree on what that looks like in your marriage and then set the expectation that, you know, a, a egalitarian marriage, like where things are kind of uh, mutually decided upon and equal, we have to learn what's called compromise. You know, and like compromises, it's not 50-50, hardly ever is 50-50. It's usually 60-40, 70-30. And so, you know, compromises, I'm, I'm, we're both leaving a little unhappy and not getting everything we want. That's how we know we compromise. And so um, establishing those boundaries might look like, you know, hey, who's going to handle the finances? You know, someone should handle the finances. Dave Ramsey always says there's always a free spirit and a nerd in, in a marriage, right? You know, a spender and a saver. So perhaps maybe the saver is the best person to 
to, to manage the money coming in and the money going out. Someone needs to manage the finances so there's not arguments and fights and that they can update the other person and stay in the loop. But at the same time, you know, big decisions. You know, are we going to make those together? Like the, a purchase of an automobile or, you know, adopting a child or, or buying a, a first home. Like those are huge, huge decisions that we need to make um, together, you know, um, because they directly affect both both people. Boundaries also might be th simpler things like who's doing the dishes around the house? You know, who's going to do the laundry? Who's going to take care of that primarily? Because what you want to avoid is the belief that um, I do everything and my partner does nothing. You know, I'm doing all the dishes. I hardly ever do any of the dishes. And, and what they found is that the perception is usually off you know, um, sometimes there's we, we underestimate the amount of dishes that are done during the day and the amount of laundry that's needed to be done. And if we're dividing the labor up, sometimes we can feel like we're doing primarily that. But one way that you can offset this issue, let's just say, like, um, if we had a box to check, my wife and I would probably agree that she primarily does the laundry and the dishes, right? Um, she's a stay-at-home mom, but she also is a health coach and she uh, homeschools our children, so she works full-time as well. So. Um, I offset that by handling the breakfast and the dishes after breakfast. Um, I, whenever I notice that there's laundry on the bed or that there's dishes in the sink, you know, and I have, I have a couple moments to spare, I just knock it out. I knock it out because it shows her that I care about her and I'm not, I don't believe that, you know, everything is her job and it's not so clearly divided. Like you will do these things. It's, it's contributing daily throughout the day to make my partner's life easier in wherever whatever moments I can you know and that's where the element of reciprocity comes in any relationship requires reciprocity think of any healthy relationship you've ever had right you would get something from the person and then you would give something back you know think of a mother and a baby right the mother is fulfilled from the baby's light and their presence and their life and their giggle and their smile and their love for that mother but the mother also provides you know nurturance and and, and milk and support and love and warmth and, and care that's a, a you know a reciprocal relationship where there's reciprocity relationships can't work without that so when we establish these boundaries and we go over all these different things it's like hey, you know, um, how do we feel with boundaries with, you know, friends of the opposite sex? How do we feel with, you know, uh, religious orientation and where we're going to go to church or how often we're going to go? How do we feel about, you know, um, self-care time and, and taking care of that? Are we going to make that a priority? How do we feel about date nights and how often we're going to do those things? So these are all like kind of rules for engagement, things that you're establishing in the relationship that you may not have talked about that you need to. And so then the other thing that I want to talk about is number three would be another key is daily check-in, you know, checking in with your partner daily. I like to call it a daily plug-in, you know, because like think about your iPhone, right? If you, if you don't have it near a power source at all throughout the day, it's just going to drain, right? And so doesn't it make sense like when you get home from a busy day or you haven't seen your partner in a while and you, you reconnect that we plug in? to our partner, we plug in, we, we check in with them so that we can get refilled. Like they're our number one resource system. So we have to show them that they're the priority. Um, daily check-ins show that we care about our partner and their life and we wanna see the world from their perspective. Well, we do this by, it doesn't even take long, you know, 10, 15 minutes is all it takes sometimes just to check in and ask questions about their day, ask follow-up questions about what their answers are. 
There's nothing more that there's nothing that shows your involvement in a conversation more than asking follow-up questions to something else somebody said. So it just shows interest. It shows care. It shows that you 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 see them. You want to know them, and so that draws your partner close because you can handle the weight of everything else if you're both feeling united and close. And a daily check-in is something that must be done. Now it could be a daily check-in at bedtime before you go to bed. I would would. I think it's probably better earlier in the day if you can swing it just because, you know, um, you're tired. Um, but in the morning is a good time. Just just checking in with your partner that involves eye contact, touch, and questions, you know. Really, really important. It's a service. It's not a, I'm getting, I want to tell them all about my day. It's a service. And you both do that, then you do get to tell about your day. But uh, you have to provide, you have to give. And so people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, right? So we want to really show that we care daily. Um, so that's really, really important um, to plug in like that. And then um, number five, I mean, number four, I would say is responding to your partner's love languages. Love languages are super, super important. And um, it's one of those key things that you need to know about your marriage, but you wouldn't know if you didn't hear about it or are exposed to it. But we have the five love languages, which are, you know, acts of service, physical touch, giving of gifts, quality time, you know, um, and I might be forgetting one more, but leave it in the comments. So uh, either way, so my wife, um, her, her love language is, is acts of service. So if you're an acts of service person, right, you're coming home from the day, you've got some groceries, you ran some errands and you come home and you see like all around your house, all the things that have to get done and need to get done. And so when you're seeing these things, your emotional meter is getting depleted, right? You're seeing these emotional meter things getting depleted. And so now you're thinking about all these things that you need to organize and do in order for you to feel peace. Well, okay, so if throughout my day, right, when I come home and I'm noticing stuff, I'm helping picking up and I'm cleaning up and, and you know, I'm knocking out some dishes, I'm wiping down some countertops, I'm, I'm trying to make the space look good and tidy, when, you know, and help out where I can. I know that because my partner's love language is acts of service. I know that when they get home, they're going to see, you know, less things that stress them out. They're going to be able to manage their emotions a little bit better and they're going to be more present for you. And the same way for me, I'm like physical touch so that I know that if my wife is not is withholding love or not not physically being affectionate to me right my meter's getting depleted you know i i'm i'm, I'm going you know in a negative direction and I'll, i'm more i'm more moody i'm more um i'm more needy i'm more uh, angry i'm more upset i'm more uh, just just more touchy and so uh, it's like a maintenance thing for on both ends so you have to look at you know giving your partner's love language not giving your own love language that's what we most often do, but we have to give our partners love language, their love language as a maintenance thing to help them regulate their own emotions, but also be there present for us. So it's, it is really, really essential. And then number five, the number one most important thing that I think couples need to do is, is letting go of being right, right? Um, Dr. Phil has an awesome quote. He says, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? really, really hard. So I think that, um, for example, if, if your partner is telling you something and they're concerned about something, they're bringing up an issue and it's about you 
and they're delivering in all these bad negative ways and it's it's not really landing for you and it's causing problems and you're getting upset right the best thing to actually do if you want to get somewhere with your partner is put down the sword put down the shield right and listen the most important thing you can do for your partner right is listening and validating it's it's by far the most important of these skills these keys that i'm giving you and so listening might look like um, capturing the feeling of what they're saying, summarizing what they're saying in your own words, right? And then if you do those two things well, you probably have enough information to capture the meaning. And the meaning is something I teach. It's probably one of the most advanced listening skills. It's very hard to wrap your head around and get um, if you've never been exposed to it. But it's basically, what would it mean to you if you were that person? And it really requires you to sit in that person's shoes and, and absorb what they're saying. Um, I'll give you an example. You know, because there's that three levels of communication, right? There's what they're saying, there's what they're feeling, and there's the meaning. And so uh, here's, here's an example um, of meaning, capturing different meanings. Like, I, I never said I stole the wallet. Okay, so what am I saying there? It means um, I, I wasn't the one that said that I stole the wallet. Somebody else said it. I never said that I stole the wallet. What am I saying there? I'm saying that probably somebody else probably uh, probably took it. I never said that I stole the wallet. What's that mean? Probably that uh, you borrowed it, or you 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 know it, it fell into your lap or something. You know, it's it's you're just saying you didn't steal it, but you probably did some others. I never said I stole the wallet. What's that saying? I might have stole something else. So there's four different meanings in that same sentence by the way that I'm inflecting my voice. And here's another example. Um, someone might tell you like, hey, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time today because uh, I got a flat tire on the way to my daughter's dance recital. And I, I told her, I promised her that I was going to be there. And um, it took me forever because my spare was also flat. I had to call a tow company and I missed the whole thing. And, um, and so out of that statement, right, we want to capture feeling and meaning. Like, oh, man, that's, that is really, really hard. Um, you know, it, it really sounds like, you know, it's important to you to be there for your daughter. And you're really upset because you might be feeling like you really let her down. And now we go into the validation piece. Or you check in. You say, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how I'm feeling. And you go into the, the check-in, the validation piece, and you say, man, that's heavy. I'm sorry. And you just sit with them. You shut up. You don't have to say anything else. You just sit with them. There doesn't have to be anything eloquent after that. You just, man, that sucks. Because sometimes life has things that happen to us that just can't be fixed. And a lot of times it does. But we constantly want to fix it. Have you thought about this? Have you doing this? Are you do shut up. Don't say anything. Just sit there. You're like, gosh, you know, if you have to say anything, like, man, is there, is there anything I can do? You know, ask them, but don't tell them what you think they should do or ask them questions about, have you thought of this or have you thought of this? People don't want your advice unless they directly ask you for it, period. They don't want your advice unless they ask for it. You know, they want you to listen and understood. What really heals people in therapy is not the techniques, it's, it's, feeling like somebody really gets them and understands what they're saying and can validate that like yeah 
I would feel that way too if I were you. Like, that, that makes sense to me. Oof, that would be hard. That is what gives people, like, oh, relief. And that's what helps them process. You know, when we want to process things, that's what helps us let go when we do it with somebody that really, really gets it and listens. And so validation skills are so, so key. And so, you know, that Dr. Phil quote, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Like, if somebody's bringing to you an issue and they're upset with you, let go of trying to be right and defending yourself. You're not going to get anywhere. When we get defensive, we've lost. And we're like, when we're communicating with somebody and we communicate with them, um, if we're not saying it in a non-defensive way, we've already lost too. So we need to be able to put down the sword and let it collect dust in the sheath in the corner and say, hey, tell me more about that. Okay, so you're upset that I did this. Okay. And you feel like maybe, here's an example, you feel like maybe I'm, I'm going out too much with my friends and I, you don't feel like you're a priority, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be, that would be hard because um, it sounds like it's really important for you that I'm showing effort and that you're seeing that effort because then it makes you feel more secure about the future and feel like, you know, this is this relationship's heading somewhere good. But then when I don't do that, you know, it kind of gives you doubts and worries and fears. And that wouldn't feel good. I, I totally get that. Is that right? Yes, that's right. And so that validation really makes somebody feel heard. But now, guess what? When they've been validated and they really, really hear what you have to say, I mean, you really hear what they have to say, and they, they say, yeah, you, you get it. Now they're ready to really receive your opinion and what you're saying. But maybe give it a little space. Give it a little time. Like, check in with them and see if they're ready, you know, because they're the ones that are upset about the problem. They're bringing it to you. So you say, okay, yeah, I get that. I mean, that would be hard. Um, you know, I guess for me, and I'm using non-defensive language, right? I guess for me, it's just really hard because I feel like it's, you know, um, friendships have always been really important to me, and I feel like it's hard because uh, I just really want to um, check in with people, and I love like connecting with my buddies. And I feel so alive, and when I when I do those things, I feel like I have more energy throughout the week. It's like one of the things that fills me up, you know. And um, but I get what you're saying too because uh, I think me being you feeling a priority fills you up. So, you know, how are we going to compromise on this? Like, I'd love to compromise and figure this out with you. So we both feel this, you know, feel like we're, we're getting what we need. Um, because I want you to feel like I love you and I'm there for you because that's how I feel. I, I feel that you're filling my cup up. And so we're, we're going into our, 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 our position where we're saying it, but we're saying it from non-defensive communication techniques and then we're going into let's let's try to compromise on this. Do you want to, like, what what can we do about this? And I'm looking at it from the angle of with my partner looking at the issue. So you know these things are uh, pretty fundamental and they're they can be healthy things, but it it requires us to show effort and attention. It's really really hard to not get defensive when your partner is upset with you about something, um, but it does get easier when you start practicing. Um, these listening techniques over and over and over again. And maybe I'll post another video about um, non-defensive communication and validation techniques a little bit more uh, so we can go into a little bit more in depth on these things. So uh, just to recap, uh, when it comes to keys to a healthy marriage, some things that we really want to work on is we want to establish the boundaries initially. 
um, of how the marriage is going to be uh, ran and what's important and what our values are in the marriage. Um, we want to be non-defensive communicators. You know, we want to use I statements. We want to uh, refrain from uh, saying you, 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 and why, why, why. We really want to um, go into uh, I feel this way, and I'm struggling with this, and I'm noticing this, and kind of using that different language. And then we want to do daily check-ins. You know, we want to plug in to our partner and get refilled and, and make them see, seen and heard. We want to make eye contact and, 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 uh, and look at them and ask questions and follow-up questions. And then we want to practice, you know, responding in their love language, you know, giving to them what they need to receive the most so that their tank can get full and they can handle, you know, um, the challenges of the day just like we can. And then we want to validate. We want to practice our listening skills. It's not about being right. It never is. It's about being understood. That's more important than anything. Okay, so I hope these things helped you guys. Um, I'll put a link in the description below with some of the other videos on these topics. Um, there's another video I'm going to post about the rules for marriage and uh, the do's and don'ts. I call it the seven deadly sins of communication and the ten commandments of what you do instead. And so maybe those can also be a guide. So uh, click the like and subscribe video just to, just to uh, show me support for my channel, and I'll keep posting more videos like this. Thank you.